And I think that as businesses grow, you're able to incorporate like sustainability and, and socioeconomic impact even more. And so that's something I hope we can continue to do. You know, like it would be amazing to one day become a B Corp. Hi, and welcome to the official Laughs podcast. My name is Estefania Lacayo, and along with Samantha Tams, we founded the Latin American Fashion Summit, a global platform for Latin American fashion and design. In our podcast sessions, we aim to bring you enriching and inspiring conversations with designers, entrepreneurs, leaders, activists, and newcomers, and share their powerful stories with you. Thank you for being here. We hope you enjoy the following conversation. Today's special guest is a dear friend and a well-known professional from the fashion industry. Joanna Campagna, founder of the newborn clean cosmetic brand Joaquina Botanica. Joanna is a native New Yorker with Colombian roots. She majored in arts history at Princeton University and holds an MBA from Columbia Business School. She began her career at a Vogue magazine and then at W Magazine in New York City. In 2015, she co-founded Creo Consulting an agency and consulting firm for Latin America luxury brands seeking to enter the international market. Most recently, delighted with the richness of her roots, she pre-launched Joaquina Botanica, a conscious skincare brand that explores the biodiversity in Latin America to create the most luscious formulas. Welcome, Joanna. Hi, Estefania. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Thank you so much for, for being here with us today. I'm very excited for this podcast. So let's get into it. So the reason why I'm so excited to have you here today, because I'm really looking forward to you sharing with us all about this great project that you have just launched, Joaquina Botanica. I can't wait for you to tell us all about what made you go into getting involved and, and tapping into the beauty industry? Definitely. No, getting into the beauty industry over the past few years has been such a wonderful journey and a great learning experience. Um, I came from working in fashion for nearly 10 years before exploring this new field. So for me, it's been you know, equal parts learning and creating something new. Um, but yes, so I can begin like telling you a bit about just how I, how the idea came to me. I still remember, you know, the first time we talked about it when it was just a kernel of an idea over two years ago. Um, essentially, so I had been working in fashion. So since about 2010, I started working at Vogue magazine and then at W here in New York. And after that, one of my cousins and I, we teamed up to launch Creo Consulting, which was a platform for showcasing the best of Latin American design and fashion on the global stage. And at that point in my life, so I, I had grown up here in New York. Um, my mother is Colombian from Cali and my dad is American. And I think just a common thread for me throughout life and then you know, in my personal life and, and then eventually my career was trying to, you know, wanting to get back in touch with those roots more and to be able to spend more time in Colombia and make more friends there and just uh, discover the country more um, as someone who had grown up here. And this was also a very exciting moment just because, so what my cousin and I were realizing is that there were so many amazing Latin designers um, coming out of Colombia and just the region at that moment. And it was also 
the time when the political situation in Colombia, as you know, had just gotten so much better. And there was really like a, a renaissance almost of really amazing young creatives, really like developing work that, that we were certain could compete on the global level. And so that was just an amazing journey. I learned so much. I met so many incredible people. I you know, was able to travel so much down to Colombia, which I really hadn't been able to do um, beyond just like personal trips before. And it was through those years that this idea started to form. And so I think it's only because looking back, it's like, I don't know exactly how, like sometimes ideas just like come to you almost like a dream. I, I still, like, it wasn't almost rational. Like, I just remember one day, like having this thought, like, wait, like, why are there, you know, there are no beauty and skincare brands that are speaking to Colombia and to Latin America in the way that there are brands that are talking about uh, Europe. And, you know, there's so many like French brands out there and Italian brands. And um, beyond that, in recent years, you know, we've seen this this flurry of um, Korean brands and Japanese brands and even Australian brands. And it just sort of hit me. It was like, you know, Latin America, it, it just makes so much sense. You know, it's the most biodiverse region in the world. There are so many incredible natural ingredients. And then beyond that, you know, as you know, and, and this community knows, like beauty is such a big part of the culture in Latin America. And a big part of that, even within it, is the connection to the natural and drawing on natural ingredients. And so it came to me sort of this like aha moment. Um, you could say it came to me, like the idea came to me sort of overnight, but then it, it was a very long road of doing all the research to learn about all the incredible ingredients, like what their skincare benefits could be. And then Beyond that, I, I spent a lot of work finding the right partners and the right chemists that I wanted to work with to bring it to life. Um, and yeah, essentially now, after nearly two and a half years of work, we're, we, we just launched. This is exciting. Uh, I still remember perfectly when we were first having this conversation. I don't, um, I guess you had had your aha moment already at this point when we had that conversation two years ago about about creating this clean brand. Um, do you think, um, because it's funny, like I have a lot of friends that when they go to grad school, they feel a lot of their aha moments come in grad school. Do you think that, did that happen to you in that stage? Yeah, so it did. So at the point when I was, um, I was still working in Creo, in the agency that my partner and I launched. And I kind of had this feeling in my mind that I didn't quite know what I wanted to do in the future. And I felt like I still lacked some of the skills that I wanted to hone, like really understanding um, the financial side of business and the operational and even like the, the more advanced like marketing side of business today. And so I decided to apply to Columbia Business School and I got my MBA um, there, I graduated in 2019, but yeah, so I started it in 2018 and I went into it not really knowing, I wasn't totally sure like what exactly I would apply it to, but that is, it was that, so I started in January and then it was that in May when the aha moment happened. And so it was very lucky that it happened at that point because I was able then to basically use all of my, my studies and all of my coursework to apply it to developing this idea, which was really amazing and, and helpful. So for example, I took 
all of the courses possible on entrepreneurship, on launching your own startup, on um, fundraising. I actually in one class, I it was a week long sort of intense what they called block week class. I had a team of five other students who, you know, each of them were like incredibly brilliant students. Like a lot of them came from consulting backgrounds, like from like McKinsey and Bain. And um, there were two like engineers in my group and one, uh, one guy who works at a hedge fund now. And so basically in this class, I had like one week to have, I, I was a group leader because I had the business idea. And so basically I got to have these like five brilliant people just like work with me on developing the idea and like developing the business model and looking at the market. And so it was really incredible. It was like almost like having my own little consulting team of experts um, to put together the whole plan. And then in my last semester, I did an independent study with one of the professors who leads the entrepreneurship center at Columbia. And, um, I basically just just worked on developing uh, on all the work I had to do for the brand. So yeah, it really, the MBA definitely turned out to be a huge help for this. That's amazing. And also at the same time, there was also so many proof of concepts, you know, happening of great success stories of beauty brands, but at the same time, nobody speaking to what you're talking about, you know? So talk to us about, about the philosophy behind Joaquina Botanica. Okay. Yes, definitely. So the philosophy is essentially on a, on the level of like the formula. So what we're doing is cultivating and curating the most potent natural ingredients that you can find in Latin America, and then pairing those with clinically proven actives at the cusp of clean beauty. So for example, in our first product in the hydrating glow oil, we've coupled incredible natural ingredients like um, orchid extract, kakai, um, sacha inchi, and kamu kamu. All of those are those three are are very unusual and potent superfruits from the Amazon and from other regions in South America. And then, so we've paired those with ingredients like bakuchiol, which is an incredible uh, natural retinol alternative that has been widely proven to work as well as retinol without causing the irritation and, and toxicity that some people worry about. So that is essentially like in terms of formula, what we're trying to do is to not only like find, select these ingredients, but then also talk about the place that they're from and talk about all of the beauty philosophies that are ingrained in Latin America and to, you know, through our, our blog, even in our social media, we want to highlight really interesting Latin American creatives and entrepreneurs and, you know, people like you who, you know, I'm very excited to feature you. Um, we want to showcase what they're doing. And, you know, so essentially what I noticed is you, like, there are some of these ingredients that maybe had been included in, in other brands that you've seen, but no one is speaking to the fact that they come from Latin America. And then by doing that, showing that, you know, Latin America is just as competitive in terms of Europe and Asia for creating incredibly effective and luxurious beauty products. Um, and, you know, I think that that is very similar to, to what our efforts and like your efforts are in fashion, which is, you know, proving that Latin American fashion can compete on the global stage and is just as good as all of the like hegemonic, you know, countries in terms of their creative output. 
And, you know, we've always seen like European brands, um, you know, even like Asian beauty brands have become very like, uh, you know, coveted and luxurious. And I just think that there's room for definitely more Latin American brands to, to fill that space. No, definitely. No one, no one is really talking to them. And, you know, and, and you and I had this conversation a few months back that, you know, as Latin women, you know, we, you know, beauty is part of our life since, since a very young age and in a positive way, you know, not in a negative connotation, you know, like, you know, we grew up around, you know, our grandmothers, our mothers, you know, raising us, you know, to love beauty products, to love ourselves, you know, to entertain this whole lifestyle. Like, you know, we're surrounded also by beauty, by forestation of like everything in Latin America is so beautiful. So I think it's so on brand with everything that we are as a Latin woman. So I think it's, I think it's very beautiful that you're celebrating our community because I think it's super important, you know, and it's interesting because now that, that you tell me this, you know, I feel like your background in fashion, especially your background in Latin American fashion and, and, and learning and getting to know so many entrepreneurs and creatives, you know, from, from Latin America has also given you a greater perspective about who this woman is, you know? So I think in somewhat it, it's benefited you so much what yeah. you were doing before to now, right? No, definitely. And it was like this warmth and then also this concept of, you know, beauty not being, it's not a chore. It's not like taking care of your skin isn't a chore. It's not like a hassle. It's not, it's not a pressure that like society is necessarily putting on you. Like I think that a lot of Latin women like see it as a moment of pleasure and a moment of like self-care. And, you know, it's like um, the idea of like, you know, like it's like to consentir. Like there almost isn't like, a word like that in English. It's like this idea of like pampering yourself through through these little rituals. And then the result of that is that you you age to become this like beautiful, vibrant woman that you, know, you see all these Latin women in their 60s and 70s who have, you know, taken pride in taking care taking care of their skin and their hair and their nails all these years and they, they look beautiful and radiant. Right. About taking pride is also because we grew up with it. Like it's not we don't see it as something negative. You know, it was part of our upbringing, like, you know, where you would go to the hair salon to get your nails with your mom. I can't even remember how young I was when I would go get my nails with my mom to the salon or to get my hair blow dry. Like it was like my highlight of my week because I want my hair all straight, you know? Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that those little rituals are so important. And then, you know, even beyond that, it's like the idea of like bringing nature into the equation, which I think is maybe like, something that with Joaquina I'm doing like maybe a little differently from like the actual products let's say that like my mom would have used like you know we're going back to these like very like natural indigenous ingredients and you know even even using a face oil is actually like the philosophy behind it is similar it's like you know I I created this oil that I want to be like a really like pleasurable like sensory experience to use but it's actually, you know, it's something that my mom probably like didn't grow up using. And like, you know, only now recently have I converted her to using my face oil, (laughs) you know? So it's kind of like a reimagining of it. And, and just, I was going to say like also the, the natural, like the combination of nature and beauty, I think is something very Latin American too, because I would say like nature and beauty and wellness, because if you think like, you know, in our countries, each time, you know, I would, I would be in Colombia, like 
you know, there are these like do-it-yourself like home remedies that people use, like using like aloe vera. And, you know, beyond that, it's also like, you know, if you like postpartum teas that you'll make will be with like panela or, you know, there, there's- but Latins have the best little like old school routines that yeah. they really work. It's unbelievable. Exactly. So it's like, I love the idea that like we're kind of drawing on that tradition of like bringing- the natural into our like beauty and wellness routines. And also, you know, what, what makes me so excited about, about you launching this, this line is the fact that is also there's sometimes there's a stigma about beauty and Latin America of, you know, when, you know, sometimes people can think that, you know, us as Latin women, we have so much makeup on and, you know, and, and yes, we do celebrate makeup and color, you know, which is great, but Mm -hmm. there's also a whole new wave of women uh, that we appreciate clean beauty that we appreciate. And, and, you know, and the fact that you're celebrating that I think is also wonderful because you're putting us also in another, in another way for people to to see us, you know, which is, I think it's extremely important. Totally. I mean, it's so funny to say that because when I started to do, like when I was in business school and like doing my market research, I would do a lot of just like blind interviewing of people. Like I created surveys and would have like friends send them to friends. And even like we would ask people things like, we would just like go to a Sephora and interview people there. Um, But we would often ask like, so what do you think of when you, when you hear Latin American beauty? And we got a lot of responses that were essentially like what you're saying, you know, um, you know, we think of like a lot of makeup, like really done up, um, like plastic, uh, you know, plastic surgery. And honestly, it's not like anything is like wrong with that at all. And I love like, you know, it's so fun to, to be super done up sometimes. And, you know, women should feel like they can do whatever they want to accentuate their beauty. But, you know, there is also this whole other aesthetic, which I think we're tapping into, which is just like being very naturally beautiful and, you know, your skin showing through and, you know, even I, I think you see it a lot in the campaigns of like the fashion brands that you work with. Like there's this very like natural beauty feeling that is out there. Yeah. I mean, just think about all of the people that we know from Latin America that we're friends with, like, no, none of us really wear that much makeup, you know, oh, or exactly. barely any makeup, you know? Um, so it's interesting, you know, I think, so I, the fact that you're going to tell this story so well and so sophisticated um, will help <laughs> Tell yeah. us about who um, who Joaquina is. She must be someone really special for you in order to to name your brand after her. Could you tell us who yeah. she is and what's her story? Definitely. So the story. So she's actually the brand is named after my great great grandmother. Um, so on my mother's side uh, from Cali, uh, she her great grandmother was Joaquina, who in 1875 she and her husband opened one of the first apothecaries in Cali. So it was like the first sort of modern drugstore. What um, year is this? Sorry, eighteen seventy-five. Wow. Yes, I know it's it's a really incredible story. And what I was so touched by uh, in in learning more about the story is so she started the pharmacy with her husband, but her husband died at a very young age, and she was left alone with their children, who were kids at that point, and. Basically, she ran the pharmacy on her own until her son was old enough to take over and and administer it with her. And then the two of them sort of turned it into this great business that then like 
flourish long after that. Um, so I, you know, I just, if you can just imagine what it would have been like for a woman at, you know, in the 19th century in Colombia to all of a sudden be a widow and be running your own business. And, you know, I, I just was so inspired by her story and it really reflected like the ethos of a female entrepreneurship that I, I want to have core to the brand. That's wonderful. I actually had no idea about this story. Yeah. Um, and talk to us about the product. What is, I know that um, that I saw on your presentation that it's the glow oil. Talk to I us about know. the hydrating oil. What is- Yours is on its way to you to try. I can't wait to get into your hands, but essentially- I'm so excited. Our first product is the Orchidia and Vitamin C Hydrating Glow Oil. Um, I chose to do a face oil as the first product uh, for two reasons. So basically I, I've just been a, a big user of face oils, um, for the past probably six or so years. Um, and I find them to be just very hi- more hydrating than a cream. They, they penetrate really well the skin. And also, so we kind of were working from like the ground up in terms of ingredients and the ingredients that I found to be super compelling to begin with were best are best delivered in an oil form. So those are, I think I mentioned these before, but kakai, sacha inchi, kamu kamu, that are very highly nutritious botanicals from the Colombian Amazon, from Peru, from Ecuador. And so we're using the formula is kind of it's a, a base of of those blended then with uh, an extract from orchids that I that I came across. So I was inspired to see what we could do with orchid because as you might know, orchid is the national flower of Colombia. Colombia has the greatest variety of orchids of any country. And they're just such a big part of the culture there. Like, you know, it's hard to go to a home in Cali and not see them everywhere. And people are very proud of their orchids. People collect them. They're just really these like emblems of beauty. And I thought it would be wonderful to try to to find a way to incorporate them. And I came across this ingredient that's uh, derived from isolated cells of orchids that are very powerful and anti-aging. So on two levels, they um, repair and like rebuild the skin in terms of firmness and elasticity. And then they also inhibit an enzyme that actually uh, oxidizes the skin. So it like repairs premature aging and then also prevents other premature aging. Um, so this oil, I have basically been using only this for the past two years as we've been developing it, but I use it in the morning and at night and the benefits are essentially hydrating, firming, brightening. And so as I mentioned, like what we're always trying to do is use um, clinical actives that are at the cusp of what's happening in clean beauty right now. And so we're using a... Uh, oil-soluble form of vitamin C in this product that has been shown to penetrate the skin 50 times better than just typical ascorbic acid. And so I'm really excited about that ingredient too, because as you and and everyone listening probably knows, vitamin C is just a a super ingredient for the skin in terms of brightening and antioxidant protection. Um, But yes, I mean, so it kind of, this is the beginning of our hydration line, but it does have these other really strong benefits in terms of firming and plumping and, and brightening. So really it's just about, you know, a product that, that will make your skin healthier and its best version of itself. 
who are you targeting right now? Like meaning like when, when you explain all the benefits um, for the oil, I'm, I'm, I'm visualizing a woman that, you know, that's probably like in her thirties up, but that might not be the case. Like, can anybody, like, can I put it on my kids or, or you would, you know, like, what have you noticed um, with, so, with the technique that you have created? I think that, you know, it's interesting because this is probably the same for like, you know, designers or other types of entrepreneurs that, you know, you kind of start with, for me, I guess it's been easy to like start with what like I'm looking for. And I guess, you know, yeah, as a woman, I'm, I'm near, just about almost 33. Um, so I, I wanted to create a product that I would love and that would serve what I'm looking for. But I think that this oil definitely, it, um, it would work very well for anyone basically from like 18 and up. And it doesn't have anything that would be harmful or like too strong for, for kids or someone younger. Um, but like, for example, Bakuchio, the great thing about it, it is like used mostly as an anti-aging ingredient. But the great thing about it is that it's not irritating or toxic to the skin the way that retinol can be. And actually, bakuchil is a very good ingredient for treating acne as well. So honestly, I think that teenagers could really benefit from this as well. Can um, can pregnant women or people breastfeeding um, use it? Yes. And yeah, that's another great thing about bakuchil. So it's safe for pregnancy and nursing. So yeah, I also, I had, I became pregnant with my daughter in August of last year. So a year and a half ago. So I was pregnant and then breastfeeding the whole time I was developing this. So, you know, I always tell people to check with their, you know, their dermatologists or their doctors to double check what's right for them. But I, I did use it throughout my pregnancy and breastfeeding. That's great. What is, um, you know, hearing you speak, like, it's so funny because, you know, I've never, I've never worked in any, with any client or anything in the, in the beauty world. So I wouldn't even know how to go about it to start a line. So when you talk about like, that you started finding this, fruits and with exotic names, like how do you even know that they're good for, like, how do you even go about it? Like, is there a world of like, of consultants that help you do this? Like, cause I wouldn't even know what to do. Like, how do, how do you do that? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, I definitely went, you know, found a lot of great leads and then also went down some rabbit holes and, you know, now I've learned a lot what to do and what not to do. It was very big learning experience, but Probably so the the big breaks, I would say, like, honestly, I sort of sat down that summer, like summer 2018. And I went through, I started through LinkedIn. So I started looking on LinkedIn for product developers. So in beauty, a product developer is someone who um, helps to come up with the concept and does all of the, the concept for the product and who does all of the ingredient research Um, so basically it's like these people are meant to be like sort of experts on like ingredients being used on the market, experts on like, um, how to achieve certain textures. And then they also know how to like manufacture. So what you should be looking for in the packaging. Um, they usually have a network of like labs and, uh, packaging suppliers that they work with. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. So I could have a whole conversation on product developers because they, some can be very like more like creative, like coming up with 
the idea of the product, like, oh, we're going to make this, you know, um, super plumping mask that you, you know, for like Gen Z and it's going to be like this color, this color, this color and have this texture and scent. But, and then some are very much more geared towards like the manufacturing process um, and all of, all of that like super technical side. But so anyways, I did a deep dive on LinkedIn and I found a product developer who had worked at some clean brands that I really admire. Um, she luckily responded to my email. Um, a lot of the ones I reached out to didn't. She responded and then I started to work with her. So I would tell her like, this is, you know, this is the concept of the brand. Um, these are the ingredients I'm interested in working with. And she basically had to help me make it a reality. So she introduced me to my chemist, who is an incredible chemist, who's really been at the cusp of clean beauty innovation and has been behind many of the, the leading brands that we see in the market today. So I got very lucky finding her. She introduced me to my chemist and I'm manufacturing with my chemist also. So, so when you start talking to this chemist, I guess you start giving them all these ideas of what you have in mind and so ideas that you want to work with and they start suggesting yeah. and you start trying well, No. So basically because people hadn't really been doing this research on, you know, they, the product developer I spoke with had never looked into Latin American ingredients. So I had to do a lot of that work on my own. So I actually started by, I have a, um, a, a good relationship with ProColombia, who is the amazing, you know, the, basically the Chamber of Commerce for Colombia. And I had worked with them before in fashion extensively. And I went to them and I said, look, can you help me meet with the best cosmetic ingredient suppliers uh, in Colombia? And so they were super helpful and set up several meetings for me. And that's where I started to discover, you know, I, I already knew that Things like maracuya and papaya and kiwi have these great skin benefits. And then, you know, there are these other things that I learned about from like conversations with, with women and people in my family and Colombian like hair and makeup artists. Like, you know, they're like, I think it's more widely known that like calendula is amazing for you and savila and they're all, all these kind of more everyday ingredients. Um, but speaking with the ingredient suppliers that ProColombia introduced me to, that's when I really learned about all these more exotic fruits and botanicals that, you know, interestingly, like some of them have been harvested for thousands of years in Latin America and, and people knew of their medicinal qualities, but they hadn't really been used in, they haven't been used in skincare that much or talked about. So I went armed with all that information and put together like my ideas for each product. And then Basically, I go to the chemist and I say, okay, I want to do a face oil. I want it to have these ingredients. I want it to have this texture. So with mine, I was very specific that I didn't want it to be greasy. I wanted it to absorb nicely into the skin, but but not be too dry. So it's like a dry oil. I want it to be like very like plumping and hydrating. You know, I gave him all these like parameters and then he works from there. And then we went through endless renditions of the oil to get it perfect. That's wonderful. It's it's incredible to hear you speak. It's like, you know, that drive of entrepreneurs, you know, when you want something, you know, how long, you know, how, you know, if you haven't done it, like how long it takes, you know, like to get something. So really, I'm extremely proud of you because I think everyone listening to us, it's unbelievable that you've done this 
also when you were pregnant, I believe, right? No, not even like you got pregnant when you were starting this. So you were having two babies. Right in the middle. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's like, I, it really is one of those things that, you know, we're so, and, and I think I'm also like, so used to sometimes like instant gratification that it was really like a Zen exercise for me to like, you know, have this idea and then take, have to, you know, put in all this time to make it real. Like it really, it's not overnight in, in product development and there's a lot of trial and error and, you know, then COVID happened and there were a host of, of delays there, as you can imagine, um, as like production, just an, an ingredient, uh, suppliers were just very backed up across the world. So yeah, it's very exciting. And then also, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, sometimes when you have an idea, you're so excited to get it out there. And it's been definitely like the past two years, I feel like I've just sort of been sitting, hibernating, waiting to to be able to like work again in a way or, you know, so it's, or it's all been behind the scenes, but it's very exciting to finally be able to share it with the world. Well, you've definitely been busy. Yeah. Uh, tell us about the, the packaging, uh, which also the firm's packaging also goes along with clean philosophy. What are the sustainable solutions you have found to contain your products? Yeah. So I, I chose to work with glass, which is definitely more expensive and more challenging in some ways, but it is an infinitely recyclable material. So I, was, I felt very strongly about that. Um, and then in terms of our cartons, which we call secondary packaging. So with those, we're using all recyclable paper and then it's decorated with vegetable-based ink, which actually makes the recycling process easier. So the, the fibers are, are salvaged more. And then in terms of our shipping, so that's something I think about a lot too, because you know, I think we're also, I think there's been this moment of people really wanting these like, you know, really elaborate like unboxing experiences and these like super colorful mailers. And, you know, I think Instagram, you know, obviously has like perpetuated that a bit, but I think now people are realizing for sure that that's can be wasteful in some ways. Um, So in terms of our like shipping containers, we're using boxes that are like basically as small as they, as they can be. And I'm using carton that is derived from recyclable materials and can be recycled. And our tape, we use this like very beautiful decorative tape that's also made from recycled materials. And this is like, I didn't even know about this before, but um, it's sealed with water instead of like a glue that can be more harmful for the environment. And then in in terms of formulation, so we're also, this formula is 100% biodegradable. So it won't have um, any negative effects on the environment when it's, when it's, you know, when it enters the waterways, when it leaves our bodies or goes down the, you know, down the the shower drain. You've definitely thought about all the corners on making the product clean and as sustainable as possible. And another thing that is um, extremely excited about this is that um, you've partnered with Glasswing, which is a nonprofit in Latin America, very close to my heart. Um, Tell me about this partnership. What does it involve? What inspire you to to work with them? Talk, talk to us about that. No, so I also, you know, I have to thank you for that amazing introduction. Um, but essentially, so since the beginning, when I started putting together the idea of the brand, I knew that I wanted it to have some kind of t- 
charitable component. And I just felt like, you know, if I'm making a brand about Colombia, about Latin America, I want it to, you know, I, I don't, I didn't see like how it couldn't really have some kind of giving back element. Like, you know, these countries, our countries are so amazing and there's, they're really like, you know, on the up, but in the same way, there's still so many disparities that I feel like, you know, I felt like some responsibility to, to give back if I can't do the business. And I also just think business is one of the best ways to sustainably, and by sustainably, I mean like continuously give back to a cause, um, just because fundraising can be so hard. But so essentially a portion of the profits of every sale will go to Glasswing. And, you know, we're a small business. So at first, um, it's not, you know, hopefully, hopefully eventually it'll become huge amounts, but I really wanted us to have an impact in giving back to their programs because so Glasswing, as you know, and, and maybe your, your listeners have also explored it a bit because of the last connections, but so Glasswing has operations in 10 Latin American countries and as well as in New York, in the US, and they focus on providing Latin American communities, so particularly the youth and the kids and young adults in these communities with educational, uh, vocational training and with mental health support. And I just really, I really love that their mission is so, is pan Latin American because I do, I do see like the community as being beyond Colombia alone. I also really liked that it has roots here in New York because I think, you know, the Latin communities is, is very important here too. And you know, there's such a, obviously such a diaspora. So I, I like that we could have an impact to people here. And it's just such a, run, a well-run organization. And Selena is so inspiring that it just seemed like really the perfect partner for us. I think it definitely is the right fit, especially because of what you said, you know, it's not only, they don't only target one country or the other. Um, yeah. It's very diverse. And also they're doing a wonderful job. And, and also they're doing a wonderful job with the Latin community. They in are. The US and especially New York is, you know, you're also a New Yorker, you know, and definitely that was important to me too, because, you know, and we are, yeah, like I, I really wanted to give back also to the Latin community here um, and to feel part of it. And, you know, another thing I'll say that I think is amazing about what they're doing is they really have a very strong focus on mental health, which I think is new for, I think it's pretty modern um, for a foundation of that kind. And, so they really focus on, on mental health support. And, you know, I was talking to her recently and she was saying how now more than ever, that's so important. Um, obviously like through COVID and the natural disasters that have been happening, like people's mental health is, is very, you know, fragile right now. And anything we can do to support them is important. That's great. We actually, for first last summit that was virtually right now, uh, we, we we also focused with Glasswing on the on the mental component because it was Absolutely. extremely important because by hearing Selena speak about, you know, the necessities that were happening within communities in Latin America, it, it's it's heartbreaking. And it, you know, I think and as an entrepreneur, what you're doing, I think the fact that like, you know, you're giving back is a great example. And I think that's the only way to go about it these days, you know? Definitely. And they also she's also encouraged me to get involved with doing that. So like 
I've only done this once so far because we're we just started out, but um, I'm going to have it a repeated thing. But I did a Zoom with a group of their students from all different countries in Latin America, like sort of answering their questions on work and entrepreneurship and beauty and. It, it went super well, so they want to make it a, rep- a repeating uh, thing. And something also Selena said, which I thought made so much sense, is she was saying like, well, first of all, even in these times when we're all at home, there are still ways to to like volunteer. And maybe it's that way. Like maybe it's like having a, a child that you call and check in with, or actually like my sister um, does something similar with with someone who lives in a retirement home. She like calls him every two weeks just to chat. But she was saying, you know, there, there are these opportunities to volunteer now. And also she was saying like, you know, you should just make it almost like, like your exercise or your, um, you know, your, your like meditation routine. Like you just have, okay, like two times a month, I like plug in my, my volunteering and it ends up being, you know, it's, um, obviously like wonderful for the causes you're helping. And then also for yourself. Yeah, you know, and I, I was talking to someone just recently that, you know, I, I, I strongly believe that as an entrepreneur, the ones that are not, that are being selfish are not thinking about, about their business within, as a community and helping each other and finding ways to collaborate and, and better impact in the world are going to be completely relevant. You know, we, we, we're all seeing it. The world is changing so much. And I think I think what you're doing, these are the businesses that that are, that are the only ones that are going to be relevant because, you know, it's the only way to go about it, you know? So congratulations. Yeah. And I think that as businesses grow, you're able to incorporate like sustainability and, and socioeconomic impact even more. And so that's something I hope we can continue to do, you know, like it would be amazing to one day become a B Corp or to, to be able to, you know, like sustainable packaging can sometimes even be like, there are like very advanced levels that it can go. Of course it gets expensive and you need like to be able to place very large orders um, because they're like very high minimum orders. So, you know, there's always ways to grow and, and to keep integrating those practices. I'm excited. So um, by every, I usually end every podcast um, by asking the same question, which is what is your why? I think that, a why for me throughout my career has been, I would say perhaps it's to be one of the, you know, many drops of water in the, in the sea of people that are helping to shed light on all of the amazing things that Colombia and Latin America have to offer. Um, that definitely is what excited, excited me about my work in fashion before. And it's the part of this that it excites me so much. And, you know, that's on a, on an external level, but then also on a personal level, because I think personally, I've, I've always, a thread in my life has been wanting to get closer to my roots, to, to feel even more Colombian, to spend more time there. And yeah, so, so this way my work gets to do that for me as well. Well, that makes me happy because that means that your why, for some reason, is going to be finding ways to connect with, with what we do. So I'm Definitely. excited to collaborate with you. No, I'm so excited. And I hope that this is just the beginning of, of many more great Colombian and Latin beauty brands coming out there. Because I do think it's also, you know, it's like all the, 
all all ships are risen by the tide. I'm I'm slaughtering the expression, but you know, I think we saw this in fashion that you know once there were these like amazing brands that kind of like you know staked their claim on the global stage. Like then it proved to people that like you know if there's one, there has to be another, and that and and then it made Latin America like a huge center for everyone's attention. Um, and I, I hope that that happens in beauty too. I have no doubt it will. So, Joanna, first, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to trying the oil. Thank, thank you so much for being. It's such an honor to to do this and speak with you today. Thank you. We hope that you have enjoyed this conversation. You can email us your suggestions on who you would like to hear in our next episode. If you like this chapter, don't forget to leave a comment or rank this podcast. We really appreciate your feedback. Also, remember you can follow us on Instagram at Latin American Fashion Summit and on Tribu by Laughs, a new platform that will revolutionize the way in which the fashion industry connects. Thanks for tuning in onto the Laughs Podcast.